slid back when like a child running wild in the outside you got older Your change. I don't know. Your house, your rules, your pennies. Blythe is just jingling pennies around my coffee table all of a sudden. I blame the dog. Anyways, welcome to another episode of Smile You Love Us, a podcast where we discuss the wide world of teen movies, what they mean to us, and I guess in this podcast, the their impact on pop culture as a whole for probably two of them. Sure. One is a little too recent to have made any. And frothy. Oh. Frothy. Frothy. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, I'm Blythe. <laughs> I'm Erin. And uh, as you may have noticed, we took a brief hiatus to go on some vacations and some staycations, but we're back, and today's theme appropriately is summer vacations. Unlike rom-coms, which I think are best showcased in a wintry holiday backdrop, mm. like super cozy... Uh, teen movie plots and characters really seem to thrive in a summer setting. The no school, later curfews, fewer obligations, more mischief, and really great outfits. That's such stuff as our teen movie dreams are made on. Great. And unlike our Teen Paradise pod, which focused on adolescents escaping the throes of that hashtag teen summer life, the characters <laughs> in today's movies really lean into their summer fates. They are on summer vacation, and they don't want to be anywhere else. I really love when you throw a casual hashtag in. Thank you. <laughs> one, of my, one of my many skills. It's a really good skill in your <laughs> We begin today's journey in the Catskills with the iconic Dirty Dancing. It's not a teen movie per our rules, because Jennifer Grey is graduated from college, mm-hmm. but it really fits the bill for today's theme. Then we head south to Cape Cod, where two additional non-teens, whoops, I've just thrown yeah, away all the rules, <laughs> uh, played by Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jessica Biel, who find love and, like, I kind of play baseball. There's, t- a, there's too much baseball. In there's the not, an, but it's not. It's bad baseball. It's such it's bad baseball. It's field. so bad. We're talking about 2001 <laughs> Summer Catch, if you can't tell. And lastly, we are in Chicago for the last summer, a True teen movie released just this summer on Netflix. So let's see how these very attractive people spent their summer vacations. And one thing we'll note is we were going to include um, the classic Mystic Pizza. IMDb will tell you that it is a movie set the summer after three girls graduate high school. And then I watched it this weekend, and it's fall. Yeah. It's it's full-on fall. fall. Which is, I'm glad that you mentioned that, because when we were, think, like, doing all of our planning for this pod, and we had Mystic Pizza, I was like, why do I not... sweaters. Exactly. I was like, why do I not remember any, like, summer vibes? Like, I I think of that as a very cozy movie. No summer vibes. Yeah. And and dread slowly fell over me, and, and that's how we ended up fudging some of these yeah, yeah, roles. Yeah, yeah. But and there's a know, lot of great teen summer movies out there, and we've already done some of them, so. Yes, I would agree. But these are fun. These are all super fun. I'll start with Dirty Dancing, and I'm not going to go too deep into the plot of 1987's Dirty Dancing, because you've probably seen it, or at least <laughs> you're familiar with some of the iconic imagery or music, such as Time of My Life. Mm-hmm. 
or nobody puts baby in a corner or just being lifted in the air. I, yeah, that lift was on last night's episode of The Bachelorette. Exactly. Like it's, these, it is ubiquitous in yes. pop culture. It is mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. Dirty dancing has shaped a lot of our. I used to say as like a litmus test when I would show up at parties, I carried a watermelon. Because she says that when she shows yeah. up at the party, she's like, I carried a watermelon. And I used to say that at parties, and it would, like, give me that exact look you're giving me for most people, but oh I don't know. It I love a, it. It was a phase I went Your through. litmus test was, has this person seen Dirty Dancing? Yeah. And, and if they have, are they picking up what I'm throwing down? I thought you were about to say, my litmus test was, if I jump into a guy's arms, no, he looks no, me no. in the air I've, at a party. I've never been with anyone who could do that. <laughs> no, certainly not. Matt would, we would both end up in the hospital if I tried oh, to do that Amazing. Too. I love it. So, uh, in a nutshell, this movie is about Frances Baby Houseman, who is played by Jennifer Grey. Uh, She's set to join the Peace Corps in the fall, and she has one summer left of society-sanctioned listlessness. And, of course, she's disappointed to learn that she will be spending her summer of youth in a sleepy resort in the Catskills with her parents. Baby's luck turns around, however, when the resort's dance instructor, Johnny, played by Patrick Swayze, Enlist Baby as his new partner, and the two fall in love. Baby's father, a.k.a. Jory Orbach, a.k.a. Detective Lenny Briscoe, I don't know why anyone would call him anything but Lenny, (laughs) uh, forbids her from seeing Johnny, but she defies her father and wants to help Johnny perform the last big dance number of the summer. There's also... There's also a botched abortion. And some real class warfare that doesn't seem to stop anyone from showing this movie to girls under thirteen, myself included. Wait, I'm gonna pause there and then give you and give you my fact. Okay. The reason that I wasn't allowed to see Dirty Dancing is because of that. My mom let me see. I was like into dance movies after Center Stage. There it is, Center Stage. I didn't even plan that. <laughs> after Center Stage came out, I was like got really into dance movies, and she was and so I was like, what about Dirty Dancing and Flash Dance? And my mom was like. You're not allowed to see Dirty Dancing, but you are allowed to see Flashdance. And for years after I saw Flashdance, I was like, that wasn't an appropriate movie either. She's a stripper. Right. But then it wasn't until I was like in my early 20s. I mean, I saw Dirty Dancing probably like two or three years later, but it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I was like, oh, I kind of get where my mom was coming from. There was like a lot to unpack. So you saw Dirty Dancing in your early 20s? No, no, no. I saw Dirty Dancing at like 15, but I saw Flashdance at like... 12. Okay. And then and, you realize... And my, well, and my mom was like, you can't see her dancing. And then I remember being at Blockbuster and being like, eh, heck, can I get it? She was like, sure. I wanted to see her dancing very badly. Yeah. We, we'll get to my dirty dancing appreciation later. Amazing. But Mary Buckley was like, 13-year-old girls, hell to the no. Yeah. Well, my parents didn't care. So, <laughs> you know, it's really good. Good job. Uh... <laughs> So, I, I don't know what else to say about this movie. It's classic. There's great dancing, sizzling chemistry, Jennifer Grey's original nose. This is yeah. a... This You'll is see a, her original nose once more on film in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's true. And then, that's the end of that. But, true teen classic. Uh, very similarly to our teen classic summer catch. Wait, the other woman, that the other um, actor that you forgot to mention in Dirty Dancing is Emily Gilmore. Yeah. She plays the mom. Right. That's in the teen universe. Oh, from Gilmore Girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I'm so, I mean, we'll get to our teen TV show podcast, I promise you. We will. Coming up next week. So, 2001's Summer Catch is a movie that I have watched 
far too many times in segments. Oh, no. Watched as a whole at 29, I was like, why? And I felt this about the last movie we watched, too. I was like, why is this taking so long? Like, it just kept going. There's one scene where they're making out, and I'm like, we could have half of this. We could have done half of this. I wrote that it's 45 minutes too long. It's a very long movie. And what is it, an hour and 45 minutes? (laughs) Yeah, it's very, very long. So it came out in 2001, it's great that we're doing it today because it it, it had a soft premiere um, in Seattle randomly. Like, the early aughts were such a weird time for movie premieres. So it had a soft premiere in honor of the All-Star Game, the MLB All-Star Game, which is happening tonight. So. It's fate. We were it meant to do this today. Truly fate. I yeah. love it. The movie stars Freddie Prince Jr., who I will talk about uh, when we talk about the rewatch as Ryan Dunn, who is a Cape Cod local. He lives in Cape Cod. He's a Chatham local who mows lawns and has waited his entire life to play baseball for the Chatham A's. He has some good local friends, and then we're introduced to a cast of characters that include a very young Matthew Lillard and Wilmer Valderrama in his first ever movie role. Oh, interesting. Uh, Ryan then... Oh, and one of his... his kind of like... He has a tryst, if you will, with a young Brittany Murphy. Yes, he does. But she's kind of a secondary character. Then Ryan meets uh, Tenley Parrish. What a played name. Played by... What a name. Played by Jessica Biel, fresh off of Seventh Heaven fame. Um, and they have an, a, you know, wrong side of the tracks romance. It's really hot and heavy. They don't really have anything in common. It was, like, very hard to buy into it again, but... You know, they have this kind of drama that coincides with the biggest game of his life where he pitches, he almost pitches a no-hitter. and then We should he, say he, he's a southpaw pitcher, which is pretty coveted in okay. the MLB. Alrighty. I didn't know what that was. Thank you Lefty. for filling that in. Yeah. Okay. He's a southpaw pitcher. There were certain things about this game that made more sense now knowing, or not this game, this movie that made more sense now knowing... Uh, more, a little bit more about baseball, but I still have much to learn, as you're telling me what a self-pop is. <laughs> what a is. Um, yeah, so it kind of, the movie culminates with him realizing he loves Tenley and doesn't care about, you know, the fact that his father, her father tried to buy him off from, you know, lawn mowing. It's a very, very stupid movie, mm-hmm. and I don't really have that much to say about it. Other than Beverly D'Angelo has an incredibly bizarre cameo trying to seduce Wilmer Valderrama, and there's, like, this whole weird bit with fruits and vegetables that, like, I still didn't fully pick up on the sexual innuendos of it as an adult, that I was like, I get what you're trying to do, but this doesn't make any sense. Um, The movie did not make any money, and the interesting thing that I want to call out about it, let me pull up my note, is the director is a big time was a big time producer and still is a big time producer this director Michael Tallinn he really hadn't directed anything before and he really didn't direct anything after but in terms of produ- production credits um, he produced all like every Nickelodeon show that we grew up on like oh. Keenan and Kel the Amanda show all that um, and um, and then the writer of the movie his name is Kevin Falls, and he is a big-time producer now on This Is Us. Oh. So these two guys, like, went on to have some sort of a career, but this movie... 
What wasn't it? It made it cost like thirty five million dollars. Shut make. up to do I what? I don't know. I think Freddie Prince Jr. was like raking in some big bucks back then, but also like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They also had some of some of the picture. Some of the players in the movie are real baseball players. Yeah. So like, maybe I, okay. They pay All them right. A lot. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. Also, it made no sense to have real baseball players in that movie. They added they didn't nothing. Play. They didn't play. They did the not most, play. The most realistic part of the entire baseball game was like when Matthew Lillard like takes off his mask and like comes up to the pitcher's mound and is like, "What the heck is going on?" Like that was the only part of the entire baseball thing that I was like, "Yeah." It's just like, how are, you, how are you going to have pro players in this movie and not let them do anything? I don't know. Like, you wouldn't even know that they're pro players unless you... No, you have no idea. Unless you go on the trivia site for a movie that came out 18 years ago. Right. Yeah. If it, no, not 18 years ago. Yeah, yeah 2001. Yeah. Oh, yo, yo, yo. Okay, well, we have another movie that has a baseball tie-in. I got... Yeah, last summer. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot... I forgot about this movie I watched this weekend. <laughs> Last Summer is a film that's very similar to Fast Times at Ridgemont High or Can't Hardly Wait mm-hmm. in that it revolves around a lot of different characters uh, that are only tangentially connected. Too too many characters. Way too many. Uh, it it's There's like seven, seven different plots at least. Two of them are good. And uh, Yeah, and it makes it really hard to recap, so I'm going to do my best. The Last Summer is set in Chicago, It's which I think is a perfect setting for a teen summer movie. Mm-hmm. It's like really, really good. Chicago looked great. And it takes place during the final summer after high school before our characters are forced to step into the real world. The film's arguable protagonist, Griffin, played by AJ Kapka? Kap- just Kap- Kappa. Just Kappa? Yeah. Kappa? Uh, who I know from Riverdale as Archie. I think everyone knows him from Okay, if you don't watch Riverdale, you should start. It's really good. It's peak teen. <laughs> it's so good. So he's going to Columbia at his dad's insistence, despite wanting to attend Berkeley in Boston to study music. He's apparently a very gifted gifted music producer. His character is basically identical to Anna Kendrick's <laughs> character in Pitch Perfect. Like, they're literally the same. <laughs> As you were saying, (laughs) it's true, they have the same mixing board and everything. (laughs) Continue. I'll let Eric compose herself. (laughs) So, Griffin spends his summer, uh, you know, making music and trying to woo Phoebe, who is played by Maya Mitchell, a girl he's had a crush on since middle school. So Griffin went to prep school, like a private prep school, so he didn't get to spend high school with Phoebe and the rest of the characters in this movie. So this is his last summer when he can shoot his shot. But Phoebe is very busy making a documentary about what else, hashtag teen life. (laughs) But they fall in love anyways until they found out that their parents are having an affair with each other. Yikes! That was... So there are too many people in Chicago for that to happen. It's it's ridiculous. Unless they met at a parent-teacher conference, which they did They met at the gym. Right. Bullshit. Ugh. I know. Then there's Alec and Aaron, who are a hot couple who decide to break up before the start of summer to alleviate the heartbreak they will inevitably feel when they eventually head to different colleges. Alec is going to Oregon. Aaron is in her own backyard, Northwestern. 
And over the summer, they date other people. Alec dates the class party girl, and Aaron dates a Chicago Cub. Okay, sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this movie is cracking me up. I mean, it's ludicrous. Also, not just a Chicago Cub, but a rookie who, like, has only been playing for three months and somehow, like, has the keys to the castle of Wrigley Field. I mean, I kind of believe that. Like, I kind of do, too, but Billy, also, like... Billy just has a card with MLB's name on it, and he gets true. to go wherever he wants in the park. It's like, they don't even... They're not even checking anything. Like, you could see anything on that card, and they're like, oh, MLB, sir, please. That's like, a- Billy went up into the scoreboard. Just cash? Yes. I mean, yeah, maybe a little surreptitiously, oh. but... I mean, I just continue on. I'm just saying that that to me was one of the more believable parts of the movie. I don't know. Aaron's uh, Aaron, not my Aaron. Aaron, last summer, Aaron's best friend Audrey does not have a summer fling or big dreams to work out over the summer, but she is extraordinarily likable and I think the realest character in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's nannying and figuring things out and finding herself, and she's just. So cute. I just, I just really liked her. And then there are two nerds. She, she kind of reminded me of Tibby from Sisters of Charlie Camp. Oh, totally. Yeah, very similar arc. Yeah. Um, a kid helps them find themselves. Yeah, yeah totally. And then there are these uh, two quote-unquote nerds named Reese and Chad who realize that if you have a modicum of facial hair and wear a suit to a downtown bar frequented frequented by traders at happy hour. You will get served alcohol without being carded. So they do that for the whole movie. Yeah. They uh, basically pretend that they're traders and that they work at the CBOE and, like, start dating girls in marketing. It's, like, very weird, but it's it was, like, a little charming. It was enjoyable. It was I had fun. very John Hughes charming. Yes. Like, don't scrutinize it too long because then it might be a little problematic. Right. But in the moment, you're like, aw. It was cute. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Predictably, Griffin has a fight with his dad and ends up choosing Berkeley over Columbia. Phoebe goes to NYU to study film, which Griffin tells her is just a four-hour train right away from Boston. It, spoiler alert. It's very, it takes a very long time to get from New York to Boston. Yeah. I've spent the last decade of my life cursing that route. Yeah. So, so. joke's on you, Griff. <laughs> uh, and Audrey decides to join Teach for America and... The couple that broke up gets back together for, who knows, a night, a week. It's it's unclear. A moment. They probably won't continue to date, but it was sweet. It's a cute summer movie. It's way too long. It has way too many plots. There was a plot I didn't even discuss because it was just so unnecessary. Really problematic. Should have been cut out. Yeah. Uh, But Chicago rules. I was so happy to see it. It made me want to be a teenager in Chicago. Or maybe wanted to want to be like in college in Chicago. I yeah, feel like that would have been fun. Um, I also thought halfway through watching it, I was like, I'm really glad that I have to watch this movie for the podcast because I'm enjoying it. But I yeah. would have jumped ship like 15 minutes in. I thought the same thing. It's just it's a lot of it's so cliche and it's just so many tropes. And in some ways, that's good because it's like very. It's what I want. Very formulaic, it's what you want right? Sometimes, but sometimes Netflix is too formulaic for its own good. It like, felt. I said to Blythe today, it felt like they just wrote down every idea for like every teen movie trope and potential story arc, and then instead of whittling it down, 
they just created a storyboard based off of that. Like a super, like six or seven of the themes that we've discussed having separate episodes about, they had in the movie. Yeah. And also, like, even the anecdotal scenes, like washing a car, um, a lake party with fireworks, like roller skating, just like everything was just like cherry picked from teen movies. But he I mean, makes her a mixtape. Yeah. Like, ooh. Yeah. But I loved it. it, it, it I mean, was, I didn't love it. I gave I it a solid it. B minus. It was a so, I gave it a solid, I gave it a C plus, but in like a, you know, like the same way that like, um, like, ta- it's like a Taco Bell. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it was, and it was a that great, sense. great thing to watch during the summer. Did it make sense? Did I just compare this movie to Taco Bell? Sure. It's, you know what it is. It's predictable. It's not going to be that great. You know it's not going to be that great, but it, Fills a certain need. Thank you. Thank Welcome. you for understanding what I was putting down. <laughs> All right, Aaron, let's get into this. Yeah. How did you feel about Dirty Dancing on a rewatch? Okay, so now I'll talk about, like, my full history with Dirty Dancing. Okay. So, I actually, I don't know how this came into my possession, but my first interaction with Dirty Dancing was I had the soundtrack on cassette. Oh. And the soundtrack has, like, in a, a very special place in my heart. It's a great soundtrack. It puts me in an instant summer mood. I was just gonna say the soundtrack is like just in the dead perfection. of winter. If I want to feel like it's summer, I'll listen to it. There's definitely like a weekend in early spring that I like listen. That I'm like, oh, you know what? It's time for a dirty dancing soundtrack. Oh, silly! Yeah, like I love, I love the soundtrack. Um, I didn't get Patrick Swayze when I was younger because my first interaction, my first introduction to Patrick Swayze was like Roadhouse. No, Ghost. <laughs> oh God, I know. <laughs> Which tells you everything you need to know about who my mother was. That she was like, we can watch Ghost. This is a totally normal movie for an eight-year-old. Dirty Dancing. Let's wait a few years. Yeah. Wow. So Patrick Swayze felt like kind of old. You know, like a little too old. I see. But now we're watching and I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, when he walks into the staff meeting and she's like, oh, hello. Like, yeah. that was quite the moment that made me as an adult be like, oh, hello. Even though I've seen this movie a million times. Yeah, I actually, I had the same feeling. When I watched this when I was younger, either I didn't understand, I wasn't, like, pubescent enough or something, but I didn't, I didn't care about, like their love story or anything like I wasn't charged the way that I am now watching this interesting like, like I was just like I don't know I don't know it what, was just like part of the story yeah and it was I was just I was too young I was still watching movies like worst witch and like you know like <laughs> like silly like so only like boys are like you kiss like right you know but it's and this was like oh my god adults do the weirdest thing yes well I also I do remember when the um, I don't know when I watched it that this line started to stick out to me, but, like, when she goes to, like, meet him after the dance, and then they meet up with Penny, and, like, all that goes down, and she's like, I'm just mostly afraid of walking out of this room and never feeling the way that I do with you. Like, what a teen feel. Oh, my Seriously. God. Seriously. Um, so at some point, that line was, like, I, I was like, ha-ha. Yeah. Like, that's a great dirty right. dance. That's like, up there with I Carried a Watermelon. Yes. Like, a flip switched for me at when I watched this as a more age-appropriate. And I don't even remember how I watched this movie at a young age. It was on TV a lot. Maybe that was it. It was on TNT, right? Yeah. Like, all the time. It was on TV a lot. Uh, completely unedited. <laughs> right. Yes. Good point. Um, and I remember being big at sleepovers and, like, 
Like, I remember seeing Grease and Dirty Dancing at the same, mm-hmm. like, it was like a holiday party where all the grown-ups were busy and they just put all the kids oh in front God. of movies. What that a, happened what a, a party. lot. It happened a lot. So the kids are all in the... I remember this so well because it happened so many times. Like, at one point we were watching Ace Ventura and there's, like, that really salacious, like, sex scene. Uh-huh. And one of the parents came in and saw us watching it and he was like what the hell, like, what is going, who put this on and, like, turned it off and was like, that's not appropriate. I was like, I know. We didn't pick it. Like, (laughs) oh, my God. So I'm pretty sure that is when I first saw Dirty Dancing. Of course, like, there are older, you know, at a party, there's, like, a huge range of kids. So I'm sure there were, like, older girls there that were like, this is so great, super hot, I'm into the dancing. And I was just like, there aren't any dragons. There's no animation. Yeah. Like, guys, what are we like doing? A, it was like an adult movie. We watched like, Bugs Bunny. Like, oh, wow. You thought you saw it that young. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I also was like a late bloomer. I'm the same. So. That's why we have a podcast about teen movies <laughs> in our 30s. <laughs> good, good, good point, Erin. Touche. Um, no, but I love this movie. I saw the sequel that came out. That Havana Nights? Was, yeah. That movie's weird. It's not good. Um, it did have... Is, Di- is it Diego Luna that's in it, or is it, like, a discount version of Diego? I think it's Diego Luna. Who's, so like, pretty charming. And, but, yeah. Um, I remember the guy being Patrick very Swayze. hot. Yeah. But he's not Patrick Swayze. No, Patrick Swayze is dynamite in this. Yeah. And a good actor. Like, <sighs> he's so good. Um, I also think that the callbacks in pop culture to this movie are everywhere like we but most especially in the last season of mrs Maisel. yes when they go to the, the catskills and then um when she sees her dad when she just stand up at the different place like there's all of these kind of stuff like this movie created this summer resort world mm-hmm. and then other movies that have come since that are about summer resorts like are kind of all based on this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the, and they all have the... Or The Shining. Right. <laughs> Very good. You know, and that's another winter movie, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is Summer true, Resort. True. They're true. in a little cozy... It's true. Haunted, a cozy little haunted, haunted hotel. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, what was I going to say? There is something about that the Catskills that I had no appreciation for watching this in the Midwest. And now that I've mm. been to the Catskills and I've seen Maisel and I'm more familiar, I really get what Dirty Dancing was putting out there. Right. And it's, With the bungalow bunny. Yes. And the, like, the wrong side of the tracks romance oh, yeah. and, like, how that that is just such great plot. Yeah. To, like, the servers are all here for the summer. They all have their own local stuff that they do they don't really care about you little miss princess coming from wherever to just be here for the summer and then go back to your normal life it's true um what was i gonna say about this oh and i think that the the thing that kind of grounds it into like a teen more of a teen movie is that we see like jennifer gray's like we see baby's essential like it's not her sexual awakening because we understand that she's like out of college but it's kind of her finally stepping into herself and bucking her parents expectations of her and coming to terms with like how pissed off they might be about who she is and um also kind of given the shove to like boring hanger-ons yeah 
I, when we were first brainstorming this podcast, I definitely had Dirty Dancing in my head as a teen movie. Like, it took me a while to remember that it was firmly, that they're, like, supposed to be, like, in their 20s. The early 20s. I she, acted like a teenager until I was, like, 22. Right, and I think that's why it works. Like, her name is Baby. Like, they yeah. still call it, like, she is still very much, you know, she's under her dad's thumb, like, she's still sneaking around. A lot of sneaking. Yeah. Which is fun. Good point. That is a good indicator of teenage. Oh, yeah. I don't sneak at my age. Right. (laughs) You can hear me coming. (laughs) Okay, what about Summer Cash? Okay. I know you've been waiting. So, I'd like to apologize to our listeners because we're really hitting you with some C-level Freddie Prinze Jr. with this one. And Freddie Prinze Jr. is a, a teen king. He's married to the teen queen, Sarah Michelle Gellar. They've been married for a very long time. I mean, um, Buffy rules. Yeah. Oh, actually, some guy in Summer Catch was also in Buffy. Yes, Buffy's boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. And I bet they all hang out. And they're like, isn't that weird that you were in that, we were all in that terrible movie, Summer Catch? Anyways, Freddie Prince Jr. is... One time when I was in college, one of my friends thought that they saw him in Union Square while we were walking in Union Square, and I tripped because she said, look, there's Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> like, I lo- uh, my crush on Freddie Prince Jr. knows absolutely no bounds. Now that he's getting, like, he's now like a little salt and pepper, I love him even more. But as a teen heartthrob, he's just great because he's the everyman. He's so, like, he's so handsome. He's so affable, and he's so kind of, like, a little ordinary. He's, like, the teen version of my crush on Adam Scott. Oh, okay. Maybe that's, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not going in the right direction with that. Um, no, Freddie I think Prince is a little hunkier than Adam yeah, Scott. Yeah, he is hunkier, but I'm an adult now, so I'm, like, not really into the hunk. Oh, I mean, okay. I am, but, like, all right, I'm, I'm going to walk this back. <laughs> I'm going to take Adam Scott out of this. Okay. Cut it out. Freddie Prince Jr., so, I mean, his better movies are obviously She's All That, Boys and Girls, Down to You, Head Over Heels. What am I forgetting? I don't know. I've only seen two of those. Movies. What? Yeah. Sorry. I'm not as into as into Freddie Prince as oh you are. Oh, my God. This is like a... But out of those movies, he's only really a teen in two of them. He's only a teen in this, and not even really. He's fr- kind of fresh out of college in this, or fresh ready for the farm team of, of, you know, he's out of high school. And if she's all that, he's definitely a teenager. But um, he carries the movie. I'll give him that. It's not a great movie to carry. Um, And this was not one of his, like, star vehicles. But it still has a perfect place in my Freddie Prince Jr. canon. I'm not going to put it up there with his wife's work. No. God, no. I'm not going to put it up there with Cruel Intentions. No. I'm not going to put it up there with She's All That. were they in a movie together? They were in Scooby-Doo together. That's... With Matthew Willard. Yes. And Linda Cardellini. Which is... Another teen queen. A very fun movie. Yeah, and they were in many of them. Also, I'd like to point out about the Prince Prince Geller family. They've really cracked the code on how to just stay rich because they just do voiceover work for Star Wars animation and video games. Very, very cool. Way to go. Way to just collect those checks. Fun. Freddie Prince Jr. also has a cookbook that I've never purchased. That's adorable. He, thank you. He is adorable. They That's have a adorable. Bernie's Mountain Dog. Their kids seem 
not overly in the they're not in the public eye like just big big fan and my crush on him definitely originated in summer catch i would like to see him and sarah michelle geller back in something he was in a tv show but i can't i didn't watch it i want to say my sister watched it whatever it was he was in like some tv show that like he maybe did like a guest arc or something, hmm. but I don't think that they need to work. I don't. I know think they, they need to. to I just miss them. Like I miss. Yeah, duh. I just of feel like course. they would really add a fun element. You know. I'm gonna look up. He was just in something. Well, I'm. It's so funny that. And then I want to talk about Jessica Biel. Okay. I yeah. Okay. Well, you talk about Freddie Prince Jr. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, I think that he's very cute. I think he was much... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting his most famous role as a teenager. I know what you did last summer. Yes. The fuck, Aaron? Um, he's so good in that. Right. So I think of him in that, he's very smoldering. And in She's All That, he's very cute. And in this movie, I don't know what it was, but there he just looked so... Oh, he was in the... Sorry. He was in the 24 reboot. Oh, I didn't watch that. I didn't either. Okay. I'm sure it was great. Okay. Sorry. In this movie, he looked. Uh, he just looked confused a lot. Oh yeah, that's his face though. I know, but it, I I noticed it more than ever. And like, and she's all that when he looks confused, it's kind of played for comedic effect. Like he doesn't really know what's going on. There's a lot more plot, and she's all that. Yeah, I, I which I didn't think I would ever say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will say in Summer Catch, there's a lot of like befuddlement either at like Tenley, either at the fact that he's like in a relationship-ish, or at the fact that he's, like, playing baseball. Like, he's I don't know. He like, looks, what's happened? He constantly looks like he's been concussed, and he doesn't know where he is. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But he's got those nice brown eyes. I guess, but when they look like they belong to someone who might be brain dead, it's a no. little problematic. No, I disagree. I don't think he looks brain dead. And I think if he did, he would still be handsome. He looks so confused in this movie. Uh, Jessica Biel, though, wow. She is... So beautiful. She is so beautiful. She is now an open anti-vaxxer. So yeah. my opinion of her has gone down a bit more. And she had that terrible restaurant. Ah, oh, fudge. She did have that restaurant that had some sort of, like, lawsuit against it because of the way they treated their employees. And then I think also, like, a kid... I don't know. Maybe I'm conflating stories. Also, I think... I think her, I think Justin Timberlake's a really bad husband, probably. I don't, li- I don't like him. I mean, I used to. He used to be like the teen king of my heart, but I, I never had a crush on him. I used to oh. like his solo albums. I thought were really good until the like, first couple. Yeah, and then and now I'm just like, I had a gigantic Justin Timberlake poster up on one wall, and I had like magazine cutouts of Freddie Prinze Jr. on the other. Wow. So she's yeah. kissed two of your teen crushes. Yeah, she actually seems like a pretty good kisser. Like, like yeah. yeah, they actually had really good chemistry. They did I was have into good that. chemistry, but I think that that's because of him. I had, I had a lot of problems with this movie, Aaron. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I was, I, I, I was just very confused. What were you confused by? Um, I didn't realize till like halfway through the movie that the bartender was his brother. What? They never explained that. It was the first that. conversation that they had. He was like, hey, bro. And you just... He said it, but he calls his friends bro. No, Brew. Because his last name is like Brewhauser. Okay. So some, someone goes up to <laughs> another guy and says, hey, bro, I'm just supposed to... Because first of all, they look they nothing like about, each other. They talk about their dad. They like mutually refer to dad. Because he's like, did you tell the coach about mom? Right, that was like later in the film. No, that was like the first. It was very. The they brother. don't look anything alike. They never explain it. It was 
I, Get, I, hit me with your other questions. Okay, what is the accent? Oh, that's a bad Boston accent. And actually, they won the only this movie did win an award, and it was called for like the Stinky Film Awards, and it was given to Freddie Prince Jr. because of his bad Boston accent. Okay, he he also dropped it kind of halfway through the film. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. Like, well, one hundred percent. And his friends had it really thick, but then he didn't. Yeah, and then. But his brother but didn't you know have an like, accent. I don't have an accent. And That's like, what I'm saying. So like, but like, lots of people I know have accents. Right. Like, but you don't go in and out of a bad accent, and you, and you ha- don't have an accent. And your does your sister have an accent? Like. No. It's, that's why another reason I couldn't tell they were related. He didn't speak with an accent. It was very strange. I did not like it. At one point he says, I can't be late, yo. Y'all gotta get out of here. What is that? When did he say that? Oh, when he... Oh, oh, you're... I'm sorry. You're not talking about the most important weird thing that happens. He doesn't want to be late for, for baseball practice. And so he decides that the best way to do that is to sleep on the pitcher's mound. Right. In a sleeping bag. Yeah. And his friends come, and they try to get him drunk, and he says, I can't be late, yo. Y'all gotta get out of here. I hate to say this, that sounds like something that Billy would say, especially in your voice right now. The way that you're in- What? Mockingly, in jest. Billy doesn't say yo. I feel like in jest he would. I I mean, mate, I- uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, It's a badly written movie. It's bad. Yeah. And my only last little nugget that I learned while watching this is there. there's a scene where we meet Jessica Biel because Matthew Lillard wants to talk to Lauren Hodges. Mm-hmm. She says, I'm trying to talk to this girl, Lauren. She's with her friend. Come over to me. Lauren Hodges is played by an actress named Thunderbird Dinwiddie. Stop it. Yeah. How did you find that out? I, lo- I just, I when thought I was she looked that- familiar and I was like, nope, that's not... Oh, I thought I was thinking of. That's outrageous. I know. That's so weird. Isn't that so weird? Um, there's a plot. There's a small narrative arc in this movie that I'd like to give out a new award. Mm, okay. Called when you see your co-host in a character. Oh no. The the Tenley has a younger sister whose summer goal God, is to I come so... up. <laughs> Her summer goal is to come. She's a big fan. Of the Cape League uh, baseball teams, which is the league that the Chathamays are a member of, and her summer goal is to is to come up with a mascot, is to be the new mascot for the Chathamays, but they don't have a mascot or like any sort of likeness, and so she goes through many iterations of what she thinks it would be. Like. And she's the best part of the movie. Yes, and she is Blythe Kennedy as a child. Like she's like, give me a. She's dressed as a clam, trying to like amp up a crowd of like eight people. I just, it's just, it is like that is so so kind, Erin. Yeah, I have never. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm just, I feel very seen right now. I feel very honored. I know you, Blythe. Uh, I know you. When Erin told me that she's like, there's a character that reminds me of you in this movie, and I was just like, what? no, I didn't even say this movie. I said any movie, and then you got very nervous. I assumed it was this one. Okay. Uh, but I was like, well, that could be a lot of, that could go a lot of different directions. There are some... Floozies. Floozies. There are some weirdos. Mm-hmm. There are some... No, yeah. no. It's, so, oh, thank you, Aaron. You're welcome. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts about Summer Catch before we move um, on? Um, you know, I've seen it many times before. I'm sure I'll see it again. But I'm also sure that it is, like many teen movies... 
best scene with commercials. You know, you watch a little bit, you vacuum your floor, it's back on, you watch a little more. Yeah. You put on a face mask. Maybe that's why I missed the brother thing. Maybe I was too distracted. Oh, yeah. It's it's a very hard movie to focus yeah. on. Uh, I will say that my boyfriend saw this in theaters. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I know. I'm so happy to hear this. I know. And I asked him what he thought about it, and he said, I stopped thinking about that movie the minute I left the theater. Did he see it on a date? He would have been too young. He would have been, like, 13. Uh, he almost certainly saw it on a date. I guess so. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, felt he really bad. He does love baseball. Well, here's the Maybe thing. Maybe this is and why I, he hates sports movies. And I made that point. I was like, did, did the person who took you, did they try to sell it to you as a baseball movie? He was like, I don't, <laughs> it's not. He was like, it's, it's fucking not. not like it's. Movie. Oh, and then the, the other most outrageous thing is, Ryan is being scouted for a farm team. And he's being scouted. He's hitting a no-hitter at the end of the movie. And he decides when he has literally two strikes left to run after Tenley. Yeah. And, like, I just don't think you would ever... You can't you can't leave a baseball game like that. No. Unless you're, like... You know, even when you're concussed, you usually don't leave. No, you, I mean... You have to sit down. And he leaves. And then he ends up getting an offer... Based on his 96-mile-an-hour pitch, that's not that fast. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. The world hadn't met Jacob DeGrom yet. Just kidding. Wow. Aaron is really wants to do a baseball podcast. Yeah, that's me. That's you. I want to do a baseball yeah. podcast. Uh, I also was, like, the baseball was just so lackluster in this movie. It was really disappointing. Yeah, too many, too much sports. This made, this made the football and school ties look good. Yes. And you know how much I hated how much football was in school ties. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shall we talk about The Last Summer, which was new to both of us? Yeah. It just came out this summer on Netflix. So I watched it like half and half on my commute, and I said to Blythe when I got into work this morning, I texted her being like, I'm just like a little disappointed in KJ Apa's performance, like, because he plays Archie and Riverdale. Obviously, there's, like, a lot going on on Riverdale, so we can't, maybe we can't hang all of that show and his performance all on him, but he just felt a little one note in this movie. Yeah. And... My theory was that he has to be a redhead. Yes. And that the, the, his red hair is half of his personality. I think you're correct. I also think, though, that then when I watched the second half of the movie, I was like, he's kind of doing a better job... Than Noah Centineo has done in any movie since to all the boys I loved before. I would agree. And so with that. now he's kind of moved up in my power ranking where I'm like, he definitely had good chemistry with the Phoebe girl. And he's obviously had has amazing chemistry with Camilla Mendez on Riverdale. Mm-hmm. So I think he can play against good actresses, which is you yeah. know, a skill, it turns out. <laughs> but I think like I think maybe I'm, I'm, got, I'm holding out a spot for him in my, like, Young Hollywood Men category. I, I would love to see him as a bleach blonde. I'm thinking, like, that's the next move. Let's see where he takes to the bat. I just could not handle him as a brunette. There was just something yeah. too... It's Blech. like he just became homogenous. Like, yeah. he wore, like, a dark black shirt, and he had dark black hair, and he wore dark jeans, and I was like, you're just fading into the background. You're Archie. That's exactly what it you was. You wear bright blue 
the letter jackets and have beautiful. Yeah, that's exactly crazy what it was. red hair. He did, he did just kind of like fade in a little bit. Because I I think he could. He had moments where I was like, yes, this is the Archie I know. This is uh, this is a powerful actor. But it was there were just weren't enough of them, especially compared to Phoebe, who Phoebe, was. So she's in the Fosters, which I didn't know. But now I, another another movie that makes me want to watch the Fosters. Yeah. Um, she is adorable. Yeah. And she's really good and like really like kind of. Ha- I know that this is a huge swing. But she really kind of almost has, the, like, the Meg Ryan thing going. Oh, interesting. I thought of Michelle Monaghan while I was watching it. Yeah, but Michelle Monaghan, like, never really mounted a, like, um, rom-com. This is, their, and their story is definitely, like, the most rom-com. And I feel like Michelle Monaghan was just, has been in, like, some really dark shit. Yeah. But I wish she had had a rom-com moment. Yeah. And I feel like Phoebe... Could be it. it. She does have some Meg Ryan to her, for sure. My Meg Ryan comparison is more like, she is really beautiful, but she's not like, who's this girl on my screen? Like, she does look like someone who, like, might be a really pretty girl you went to high school She could own a children's bookstore. She could own a children's bookstore. And fall in love with Tom Hanks. Yeah, oh, for sure. A young Tom Hanks. Yes. Um, And I just thought that she was, like, very charismatic on the screen. She didn't, and, like, she has a scene where she really could have overacted, when she blows up at him about her parents' affair, and mm-hmm. I thought that that was like, oh, you're pretty good. Yeah, she she was the most interesting to me. Yeah, to watch. Yeah, I also liked what's her name, the character who had the kid. Oh, Audrey. Audrey. Yes, Audrey was. Yeah, it was between her, and she kind of reminded me of Gina Rodriguez. Oh, interesting. But I, I also just watched someone great. Someone great. Yeah. That movie's awesome. And that, she had that same kind of, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right, right. Kind of oh, God, I love that movie. That movie was great. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we kind of gave a good re... You gave a great recap of this movie. Thank you. And talking about how it kind of... I think we've talked this one through. Um, I just want to say a few things watching it. And I don't know, I've just been very homesick for the Midwest oh. lately because I haven't been home in a while. And it was just like, man, it made me miss the Midwest. Like, the lake life. They also had, like, a really long montage of them going on dates. That, yeah. That made me feel like it was kind of like your childhood happening. Sure. I went to a roller skating. Yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just, like, Lakeshore Drive and going on bike rides and lake houses and boats and ski shots and like Chicago bars like I obviously didn't go out to Chicago bars when I was in high school but I did as an adult of drinking age they're really cool Chicago has great bars when we went to Chicago a few years ago we had a great time in the bars yeah they have great dive bars like and that's the thing I don't think that the plot of them wearing suits and getting served is that unrealistic because I saw it happen all the time like it's just there's yeah. It's just a different drinking culture entirely. Um, I would like to point out two things about this teen movie that made me really consider, or two segments, two, like, things that happen that made me really consider the alignment in my taste between Bachelor Nation mm. and this movie. So they're, they're, like, two dates that we've notably, two Bachelor dates in the, in the history of Bachelor Nation that we've notably talked about on our group text or one, when Ben Higgins and JoJo Fletcher go to Wrigley Field. Yes. And two, when Nick and Raven went 
roller skating and you were like, I'm having a moment here. Yeah. Because they were roller skating in Milwaukee. To inside, the and To the cranberries. Yes. And inside of the famous Milwaukee Art Museum. That was nuts. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. No, no. They went rollerblading twice. They went on her home. No, they went twice, I think. Anyways. I want, I want to say they went rollerblading twice. That's possible. Anyways. Do we think that, like, the Bachelor fan, like, are dates inspired by teen movies? I think for sure, partly. A light bulb, like, went off in my head. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bachelor is designed to facilitate romance and to, like, create is it a now? false sense of... <laughs> I'm explaining this to our people that haven't been watching The Bachelor since they were 10, okay? <laughs> so if you don't watch The Bachelor, they are manufacturing romance by putting you in these really intimate situations that like dates you would never go on in your entire life that are out of the movies right like a private concert with your favorite you know singer or hot air ballooning yeah skydiving like things that are supposed to create intimacy immediately just based on the, the craziness of like i'm in a helicopter over the grand canyon and there's champagne and it's just like nuts so yeah for sure there is a I always think of like this is a teen fantasy. Like they are, yes. they are definitely cued into what people wish they had done in high school, or or like preying on their fantasies yeah. of like, you know, what? Oh my god, they... this is amazing! Right, I'm here with this hot girl at Wrigley Field. Right, I'm I'm having a picnic in a meadow, and there's a, yeah. and we just went horseback riding. I mean, that's like what twelve year old girls want to do. That's a good point. Okay, thank you for co-signing this You're theory. Yeah. Are these good teen movies? Uh, <laughs> um, I actually think that The Last Summer is a good teen movie. I especially liked how much and how good they were at integrating texting and phone usage. Yes, they were very good at that. And great, I great point. I think that that's a really important facet of today's teen movies mm-hmm. that kind of gets... It isn't always well handled. Um, but what I will say is, though, I fear... That the way that they presented texting, though, is the way that you and I understand texting, and actual teenagers text very differently. Or, like, just phone usage in general. Yeah. Like, I listen to For Realsies, which is a a podcast hosted by a teenager. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. And she was complaining about how bad TV shows and movies are at depicting teen phone usage. Because I think what teens are really doing, they're not texting, they're, like, Snapchatting. They're, like, sending DMs. Like, they're not... They're using a totally different text platform altogether. So, I was on my family reunion, and my oldest cousin's daughter is 14, and she and, like, her, I guess, like, pseudo-step... My cousin's girlfriend's kids were there as well, and they went to a, um, a water park, and she came back, and I was like, oh, did you, like... We were down the Jersey Shore, and she lives in San Francisco, and I'm joking that I was like, do you have any Jersey Shore boyfriends? She was like, no, Aaron. Some guys did ask for my Snapchat, and I told them to scram. And I was just like, oh my God. number one, I hope you actually did that, and you're not lying to me. Number two, like, so weird that someone's going to be like, what's your Snapchat? Also, like, that she used the word scram. Yeah, she was like, I was like, scram. That's so cute. Yeah, but that's also a product of the fact that, like, she spent. She has spent a lot of time with her seventy-five-year-old grandparents. Um, <laughs> it's like a huge byproduct of that. Uh, 
Yeah, I thought that the phone, I thought showing the phones was great because it showed how people would like post pictures or discover that people had moved on in relationships or, oh, this person's hanging out with this person. I do think that The Last Summer is a good teen movie. I don't think that it'll stand the test of time. I don't know if it's like found in, and I guess that this is like the missing part of the puzzle is like, I don't know if it's found a teen audience. And if it has, then like, Maybe it will stand the test of time because, like, with streaming, things just go on and on and on. But, and I'm sure that, like, the KJ Appa diehards, like, loved this movie. Yeah, but it was weird that, I mean, not weird, like, I think To All the Boys I Loved Before was a much better movie. Yeah. And all, across all the board. But that movie just blew up. And I kind of thought, like, okay, we've got another teen movie, Netflix. It's in. It's kind like nothing else is on TV. Game of Thrones is over. Like, is this going to be a new? And it just, it didn't have any kind of crest. Like, it just sort of came and went. Yeah, you know what they'll say though is that there was not a new season of Stranger Things last summer, and this summer there is. But this came out like months before. Stranger right, but Things. I think that people just like don't care. Like, I think that when Stranger Things comes out, to Zoe Simmons's point on For Realsies. Like, that's all teens care about. And so I don't know. I think that with Tall the Boy That Loved Before, I think Netflix will strike gold like that again because they just have such a high output. Mm-hmm. And I think that this one, like, was just a convoluted yeah. movie. It didn't have enough earnestness. It didn't have enough, like, real stories. It just, but. Yeah, I would have mean, it down to Audrey. Uh,. Griffin and Phoebe and the t- and Chad and Reese. Reese. Yeah, that w- I think that would have been a really good movie. But also, and there was like no way that these people really knew each other. Like they were tangentially friends that went to high school together. Yeah, like, they never came back together to really like talk about things. No. Uh, and I will say that I watched all of Stranger Things before I, I watched this movie. Oh. Like, that, that was my ranking of what I was going to do over Fourth of July weekend. I was like, I have to watch the movie for the podcast, but wait, first I have to watch eight episodes of television. That's what I'm going to do immediately after you leave. It's so good. I'm really behind on my TV right now. <sighs> I'm still catching up on Aaron's just happy. been on vacations, just been enjoying I life. I told Matt, I was like, we need to stay in New York this weekend. I'm sick of going away. And he was like, you're sick. You're sick. <laughs> you're just sick. Full stop. Um, and then the other two movies, I mean, Summer Catch is not a good teen movie. No. Um, all of my high school friends are fully aware of my Freddie Prince Jr. And my college friends are fully aware of my Freddie Prince Jr. love and, like, don't think that this is a good movie. Like, a lot of people refuse to watch this movie with me. That's how bad it was. Yeah. But it has a very special place for me in my heart. It used to not be available on streaming and you could watch it in ten parts on YouTube. So just the fact that I know that kind of, like, tells you what you need to know about yeah. me watching this movie. It's of a time. I'll give it that. It felt like yeah. very... It was kind of... It was fun for a little while to go back in time and be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Matthew Lillard. Like, crazy. I don't know. I'm not giving it that. All right. Uh, uh, Dirty Dancing is like a great all-time classic cult favorite movie, and it's a great coming-of-age story. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a great teen movie, but I will say it's probably now like the majority of people who watch it for the first time are probably teenagers i'm guessing so in that way it's a fun i think it's on the afi list to be honest that makes sense i mean it's a really good movie yeah it's it's a a great movie movie. and it had like huge cultural ramifications yes 
Cool. Great. You ready to give out some awards? Yeah. What would you say your most true to teen life moment is? Uh, so when Aaron and Alec decide that they should break up at the beginning of summer instead of the end of summer. Yeah. Because it's like the adult thing to do. That felt very true to life. Did you do that? Yes. Oh, Not geez. like quite at the... I mean, we waited till like the end of summer. But like we were both... Even at the beginning of summer, we were like, yes, this is going to end. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you would openly talk about when people would break up, too. Right, like, you just had to have a like, well, we're going to break up in September. Right. This wasn't me, but you would have full-out conversations with people. Yeah, break up. and be like, we're just going to, you know, and then you and break up. And then you, like, get back together because that's, like, you don't know what you're doing and you're yeah. just... So that felt very true to life. And I, especially the conversation they had was, like so similar to a conversation I had with my high school boyfriend who I dated for several years after that of just like like it's so cliche when high school people stay together and it's like you know let's be adults about this like we're going to have new experiences like let's not be silly very measured yeah and then we watched Hoosiers and cried a lot oh my god I know it's very midwest I know into that story (laughs) um or I cried a lot I thought my most true-to-life moment... So, I actually found it really hard to come up with a most true-to-life moment for this, but I had two. So, I think that the conversation between Audrey and Aaron at the end of the movie where she's like, listen, I love you, but we have very different life paths. Mm-hmm. And, like, that that's a conversation that you either had with friends or, like, had internally about friends at the end of high school where you were like, we're doing our own thing. Yeah. And, like, you might not be understanding this and also like I don't I can't keep answering to you about what I'm doing right that's like what you're doing like Aaron's really obsessed with Audrey getting into college and going Audrey's like I don't want to go to my safety school that's the only school that I get into that's in the middle of nowhere and like flounder and spend a bunch of money that I don't have it's like a very realistic feeling especially these days when college is like no longer any kind of guarantee and right. Aaron was just like, of course you have to go to college. Of course you have to do right. this. And Audrey was like, bitch, what? Like, let me live. It was. That was a very, very true so, teen life. So, and then I thought my, and maybe this isn't teen life, but like one of the more true to life setups in Dirty Dancing is that she gets stuck in the beginning with like the guy who runs the resort and she just like can't get away from him. And he's such a, he's such a. Such a Chad. Uh, yeah. And, like, when you're, like, trying to be polite in a new situation when you're younger, I certainly don't find myself in this situation often anymore. You're trying to be polite and you're just stuck with people that you have no interest in talking to. And you're just watching cool things happen. And yeah. you're just like, oh, get me out of here! <laughs> um, I found that really relatable. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, that's a great point. But other than that, like, literally no plot points of any of these movies felt remotely relatable. Sorry. No. I mean, let's move on to your least true to life teen moment. I actually think that my least true teen life moment would be Freddie Prince Jr. getting a contract with the Phillies in the parking lot of an airport. Yeah. Uh, second to that, I'm going to say Phoebe spends her whole summer working on a film because she wants to win a a grant essentially prize money so that she can pay to go to college and like that's noble and really cool 
But also, you would have a job still. Maybe three. Like, she doesn't do anything other than, like, sit in this editing bay that she's, like, randomly using for free that nobody else is in the studio for. Mm -hmm. And during peak hours. Right. All summer long. Um, And then she produces her film and, like, has its name on the marquee. Like, these people know nothing about student films. Yeah. I I don't understand. Apparently. I mean, so... That felt very untrue to life, that, like, she wouldn't be working literally five jobs and then, like, being like, sorry, I can't date you because I'm so busy and I'm not sleeping to work on my film. Right. She's just, like, casually, like, gotta go, bye. Right. I agree. That was very strange. Like, I expected her to be like, I'm working at the, like, theater and I'm also, like... She should have had five jobs. Yeah. At least two. Like... Yeah. At least two. Like... At least two. Who didn't have two jobs? I mean, I only had one job, but, like, I would pick up anything I could. Yeah. Oh, you need a caterer? Great. Right. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I think the most jobs I ever had at one time was three, and that was in college, and that was a lot. After college, I had three at one time, too, and it was a lot. It made me kind of hate everything. Yeah. (laughs) Two was about, I, the, two was good. During the summer, like, when I had, had, like, a Monday through Friday, and then I had, like, a Saturday, like, waitress shift. Yeah. That made sense. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I wish I had seen a little bit more, because a lot of the teens in this movie do have jobs, which is great, and, like, cool to see, but you were left with, like, what do Phoebe and Griffin do all day? Like, they really didn't... Nothing. Griffin was, like, a rich boy, so, like, it made a little more sense that he wasn't working. Yeah, but he wasn't but really not doing much, much else, yeah. either. Like, he was just, he, he was literally wooing. He wasn't even making sick beats like Anna Kendrick, you know? That's like, true. He made, a beat, he made, like, one beat. Yeah. Um, also, and this is, like, a little more explicit than usual, especially for me, they get it on after they eat an extraordinary amount of barbecue. That is my least true to life. And, like, no, no. No. Yeah. That was Who mine. Who ever eaten barbecue and not been like, I gotta go lie down for eight hours, please don't touch me. The, that was literally my least true to life team moment. They <laughs> decide, I'm sorry. They decide to have a cue off. Griffin and Phoebe decide they're going to bring takeout from their favorite barbecue joints, have a smorgasbord, and then. It was a lot of food. And then compare and decide who, and they just show like. Um, it made me really hungry. Like. I don't know, two-minute montage of them just stuffing their face with, like, some of the most, like, just both Fried wonderful chicken, and, like, ribs, disgusting food. Cornbread, corn on the cob. Yeah. And then they, there like... There were a lot of montages in this movie. Yeah. It, that's why that's it was like so the fucking problem. long. Yeah. Okay. And Sorry. then he's trying to open a sanitary wet nap <laughs> to, like, clean off his disgusting body. And she's, like... And he's struggling with it, and she's, like... Are you better with condoms? And I was like, wait, what? Are you getting down now? But then they did. And then down. they did. They had sex for the first time after eating a two pound bag of barbecue. Each. Each. Two Never. pounds each. True story. I was in a rib eating contest in high school. What? Yes. With this my is... friend Emma. Oh. With whom Emma? Whom you've met. Whom you've met. And she, to this day, says it was a tie. I think I went. She... Wait, you went head to head with Emma? Yeah. Oh my god. She... She just... She claimed there was a lot of gristle on one, and I was like, no, girl, that is good meat. If you, you have to finish that, and she couldn't. 
but she's she will to okay, this day. Okay, can you set the stage? Like, was this a sanction? Was this like a school sanction for a beating contest? Or was this just like at the last Hirsch family? No, I mean we went out to a barbecue oh, okay. place, but it was like a personal challenge. And our friend Claire like wore her soccer referee jersey. This like, is amazing. it was great. And God, people want, you, in high school, like, you really commit to stuff. Oh, you just yeah. you're so fucking yeah. bored. Like, like we're just, doing it, we're doing it. Like yeah. I need to feel alive. I gotta eat as many ribs as I possibly can. How, how many did you eat? Forty. Blind <laughs> yeah. Kennedy. It was great. How many did Emma eat? Thirty. Apparently, she ate forty, but no, she ate that. She did not eat enough. But then I had to go to a party after that, and I was like, "This is the last thing I wanted to." I don't forty wanna... ribs. I'm yeah. not over this. Were you sick for days? Like no, you just woke up the next morning and had like a big bread. Crust. I mean, I went to a party afterwards. I was like, oh okay, like let's let the good times roll. Oh my god. Yeah. So maybe your metabolisms are so much better. They are, but like, I was not. I did not feel at all amorous towards <laughs> anyone. Like, <laughs> I did like hang out and like wear a sweatshirt, but I couldn't like imagine making out with someone. Oh. So yeah, my other least true to life team was uh, dating a Chicago Cub when you're a fresh out of high okay, school. Okay, so I actually don't think that that's that unrealistic, and here's why: I think that professional athletes are dogs, and there's some rumors about Patriots players that I've heard about people that I went to high school with, and like, or people like it's just not people that I went to high. Well, no, actually, people I went to high school with. Yeah, I think that professional athletes are dogs, and I expect literally nothing of them which is so sad so like that doesn't surprise me okay but they met when he caught a ball in her lap he is a little far-fetched yeah yeah so what's your best uh get out of my room award for expression of teen angst i mean phoebe's argument is pretty great yeah everyone kind of tells off their dad in all the movies the thing is though is it's like jessica peele's dad dessert that's not teen angst he deserves to get told off. And when Baby talks to her dad, it's actually a pretty adult conversation yeah. that's well-received at the end. Mm-hmm. So I would say Phoebe being like, why didn't you tell me our parents were having an affair? It's, a, it's pretty, pretty good there. I actually enjoyed the realness of Freddie Prince Jr.'s friends being like, oh, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, you don't have anyone in your corner. Like, we go to every game. Like, we are your townie friends who, like, basically just live to see you play baseball, and it's like, you're so important to us, and we make every game. We drove to all your college games. We drove to see you play. It's just, like, that was really... Because those characters are such, like, doofuses throughout the whole movie, and then they finally get a chance to be, like, we're more than just, like, your dirtbag hometown friends. Like, we are your support system. That's a good one. Thank you. See, I was watching that with great attention. Probably better than I was. So I was like, I've seen this movie a hundred times. <laughs> um, uh, and they really got to show off their Boston accents, which were very bad. Really bad. We're your friends. <laughs> People do kind of. We've like been going, here for you. To, like, weird Australian. Yes. Almost. Yeah, it it's weird. No sense. It's weird. It's weird. We were there. <laughs> are you doing a bad JFK? Like, what are you doing right now? Um, we're giving. You have a Stalker Channing award? Yeah, it's not really fair because the idea of Stalker Channing is that she was playing 18 mm-hmm. and she was 33. Mm-hmm. But Patrick Swayze was supposed to be like 25 and he was 34. Yeah. And he looks 34? Yeah. 
Like, he looks like an... That's why I was attracted to him now. Exactly. <laughs> and not when you were 13. Yes. Yeah. So, um, that, I think that one is the closest we're going to get. I also have a weird kind of Peter Fastnelli award. Ooh. Based off of the mom, the bad mom in, uh, well, The Last Summer. Oh. So, Audrey's boss, who's obsessed with the fact that she was in 16 Yes, Eagles, yes. And it turns out she was, like, an extra. That was, like, a hilarious... Also, Chicago... John Hughes. Yes. My dad went to the same high school as John Hughes. Oh, interesting. And, like, my aunt, obviously my dad's sister, like, knew him, was, like, in his crowd. Was he nice? Just how she said neighbors? Um, my dad was, like, the the breakfast club was nothing like our high school. Like, that was totally made up. I was, like, yeah, Yeah. dad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Of course it was made up. Oh, dad. You mean to tell me that you didn't? Group each other into five categories. Oh, dads. Just kidding. Thanks for listening, Dad. You're the only one who does. <laughs> Thanks, Flight's Dad. Um, <clears throat> I have a fuck Mary. I have fuck Mary kills. Ready? Oh, great. Do we have any other uh, awards before we get into superlatives? No. Okay. So who do you, well, you could guess my fuck Mary kill for you? I'm sure. Patrick Swayze. KJ Apa. Even though he's a child, can we just age him up a little bit? I don't think he's truly a child, though. He's like 24, 25. Yeah, Yeah, no, he's not. Yeah. Um, And and Pregnant Junior. Okay. Well, I was going to do the same for you. Okay, great. So that works out great. Um, And we're doing the characters? Like, we're talking Ryan Dunn? Oh, yeah. Let's do the characters. Okay, Ryan Dunn, Johnny, and Griffin. Griffin. I will... uh, That's hard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to kill Ryan Dunn. I just... I'm worried about him. I think he has brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just, I'm actually going to do the same thing. Okay. Because I don't want to be married to an athlete. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm going to kill Ryan Dunn. I'm going to um, have relations with Johnny. And I'm going to marry Griffin. Yeah, that's probably what I do too, but... Now I'm weighing Ryan versus Griffin. I think Griffin is way more annoying than Ryan, and I do think Ryan would be a better time. Okay, I take it back. I'm going to kill Griffin, and I'm going to marry Ryan, because I do think that I would do... I mean, I do currently dwell with someone who travels a lot for work. Yeah. So I could be like, see you later. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I actually... Ryan is... Ryan could be good. Griffin is really annoying. He, like, I, I think that I would be like, shove... Your sound mixer yeah. up your butt. You're right. Please yeah. stop trying to hold my hand while I'm roller skating. I'm gonna, you're gonna fall. We're gonna fall, and then they do fall. <laughs> I I feel like I would have to do like a lot of explaining to Griffin about like boundaries, communication, being open, shutting up about your interests. Yeah. I also like, like, and he's the he's the least baked of the bunch. Yeah. I think you're, you know what? Aaron, you've totally convinced me. I'm going to marry Ryan Dunn. I'm going to kill Griffin. Good job. Freddie Prince. Also, and if we're talking about real people, although Patrick Swayze was a great husband, I think. I, I mean, he seemed like a stand up guy. Everyone who worked with him was like, although I guess when you die, people say nice things about you. So Not always. Okay. Especially in Hollywood. Okay. Fair. Fair point. Um, no, people like love Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Yeah. If, like, Whoopi Goldberg saying nice things about you after you died, like, you were a very good person. He also, like, raised horses. No, I mean, Patrick's way is he was awesome. Yeah. we can't, I can't rank their real characters. No, I can't either. Okay. I'm just, 
Okay, let's do superlatives. So today's superlatives are hottest couple, best summer style, and most likely to succeed after summer. Most likely individual to succeed once right. summer's over. Yeah. In their chosen endeavors. Right. Uh, yeah, you can go first. My hottest couple is crazy. I get that. I understand where you're coming from with that. My hottest couple is um, Jessica Biel and Freddie Prince Jr. They were Jessica Biel is so hot. She's so hot in this movie. She it's also, I forgot unfair. like how little makeup she wears on screen. I know. I know. Yeah. She's so fresh-faced yeah. and just... Ugh. She also makes... Like, her body is amazing. She's always had, like, this super athletic build, but in a feminine way. Mm -hmm. And she just makes high-rise bikini briefs look, like, perfect. I know. She was, she's my pick for best summer style. Me too. I actually put a note when I was watching it that if you came into my office and looked at all the, like, fashion girls that I work with, they're wearing everything Everything she wears. Yeah. Same. Like... I was like, oh, uh, backwards hat, crop top, high-rise jeans, like, high-rise, like, cute cutoffs, um, high-top sneakers, spaghetti. spaghetti tank dresses. I basically, I'm, like, walking down the East Village seeing every single girl dressed like Jessica yeah. Biel and not doing it as well. No. She was really, really She was great. really doing a great job at it. Also, she never wears a bra in this movie, and it just doesn't matter. Because she's, like, 20. I know, but it was just really enviable. I don't know, I'm going to tell you Congrats, Could you tell? <laughs> Could you tell? Could you? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Should I cut that? No, I leave it in. Erin Gobrales. Yeah, for those of you not listening, I just confess that I too is not wearing a bra right now, but I am in the comfort of my own home wearing a very baggy dress. Um, okay, and we lastly we have most likely to succeed after summer. You picked a good one. I think so. I picked Erin. Uh, who's going to Northwestern and dated a professional athlete. Like, she's already checked a lot of boxes. Yes. I think Baby Houseman's going to be very successful. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's, like, going to go to the Peace Corps. And right. Then, where did she go? She went to, like, Briarcliff or Bryn Mawr or something. Yeah, like, she went to Arts College. Yeah. And she now knows what she wants and fights for it. And, like, she's also got pretty nice cushion with her parents' money. So, like, she's going to take some big swings. Yeah. She's, like... Streisand in the way we were, and also mixed with um, what's his face in the way we were? Robert Redford. Yeah. No. She's we, like politically. No. Can you not bring that into this right and, now? Can you and, not? Can but, you like, not conflate? Well moneyed and no. connected. No. No. <laughs> uh, my prom king is obviously Freddie Prince Jr. Mm-hmm. And my prom queen is gonna be Aaron. Oh, nice. Um, she's a pretty bland character, yeah. but she seemed well-liked, and I think that, like, based on the way that other people talked about her, she yeah. was, like, you know, the smart, pretty, nice girl. Who you, like, really liked, even though you didn't really want to. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think that her, Alec, her boyfriend, and Aaron would have been prom king and queen of their oh, high yeah. school. Alec is great when he's like, I run my own business. It was so great. He was really cute. Yeah. He really did not get enough. Character. Yeah. I wish he had more... Time and I wasn't dealing with his shitty friend. Yeah, the, which that was, was a, a horrible terrible plot. plot I left out. Yours? Right. Who's yours? Uh, I'm gonna go with Alec and Aaron. I had a different one picked, and then you I was did. like, no, you that... walked it back. Yeah, because I, the characters I picked had more chemistry, but Eric and Alec just Aaron and Alec just seem like they would be your team queen. Yeah, okay. you're right. Like, you're very right. Should there be a remake of any of these films? No, played? no, agreed. No, 
Should our parents have a lot of Swatches movies? We've discussed this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not scarred for life. I but I mostly because I was too young to understand what an abortion was. So. Yeah. Same. Same. So. Uh, what's your What's your favorite? What's the best teen movie? I mean, it's got to be Dirty Dancing. I would agree. Like, it, I know it's not a teen movie, but it has all of the teen feelings, and it's... Yeah. Definitely. And it's just the most fun. And it's a great summer. Summer It's a film. great summer movie. More like, so than the... I mean, the other two are about summer, but nothing quite evokes the feeling yeah. of summer the way that Dirty Dancing does. Still, I will, I will say Summer Catch is a very good title. Yeah, it's a great it's title. A good title. The, the tagline for it was, like, really bad. It was, like... You don't need it. Why do you need a tagline with such right, a great I title I as Summer what it was. All right. Anyways, yeah. thanks for listening. Uh, next week we'll have a mini-sode for you. Oh, good. Yeah. All right.